the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Planted with Sarah Pion. I'm Sarah Pion, your host, and today we have Tajana Mallory, founder and CEO of Can Assistance, a vis- I'm sorry, I was about to say a visual, but a virtual assistant agency that provides administrative support to mid-sized cannabis companies, founders, and business executives. They work with a curated team of VAs and consultants to bridge the gap between administrative support consumer solutions, and a business's bottom line. At the core of her work, Tijana believes that the foundation of every strong organization is a steady and seamless support staff that excels in daily operations and exceeds client expectations. Welcome, Tijana. I'm so happy to have you here today, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners just breathe a sigh of relief knowing that help is on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. So I always ask my guests, first off, what was your first cannabis experience? So my first cannabis experience, um, so just to let people know, let you know and your listeners know, I worked in the industry for about, I would say, five, four or five years before I actually became a cannabis consumer. So I grew up, um, you know, in a, a strong Christian home. And I say that, and it's funny now because everyone in my family pretty much is a consumer now. <laughs> um, but I didn't grow up with cannabis. I didn't grow up around cannabis. Um, I knew what it was for sure, but I didn't really have a lot of exposure to it. I didn't have any, um, like, preconceived notions about it or or there was no, like, detriment to, to the um reputation of cannabis. It's just my family never, we didn't really talk about it. We didn't really, you know, consume. Um, I moved to Portland in 2020 and um, really got the opportunity to work alongside uh, some of my clients. So I got to see firsthand just, it was my opportunity to kind of see firsthand how all of their businesses worked and production and cultivation and firsthand. And so I also, it was also my opportunity to live somewhere where cannabis um, was legal in the state of Oregon. So I, um, my first cannabis experience was an edible that I had. Now here's the funny story. I took the edible and forgot that I took the edible, right? So that was a rookie move. And I took the edible. I don't know. I just started doing things, but I started cooking. And generally when I cook, I like have a glass of wine. I'm playing my music. So I'm doing the whole thing. And I'm on my second glass of wine. So this is like rookie, rookie move. Um, And I'm talking to my husband and I just start like giggling hysterically. And he looks at me and he knew that we had these edibles in the house. Um, But he was like, did you take that edible? And I like gasped. I said, oh, my God, I did like two hours ago. And I totally forgot. He was like, and you're drinking wine? And I was like, I didn't mean to. I totally forgot. And so I was, needless to say, extremely high. Um, and I just went to lay down. And I was like, unhigh me. Unhigh me. Please unhigh me. How do I unhigh me? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was uh, a very interesting first experience. Uh, I, I definitely told myself that I have to pay a little bit more attention to what I'm doing. Um, but it was probably not the first experience that I that I should have had. But um, it didn't scare me off. So that that's a plus. That is a plus. And and don't be too hard on yourself because he, um, I've been using cannabis for a really long time, and sometimes I forget when I take an edible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I'm I'm a, I'm an extremely forgetful person. I write everything down. I have alerts and alarms everywhere because I do for, tend to forget things. Um, so generally now when I go to shop for edibles, I'm like, what, which ones are the faster acting ones? Because at least if it takes two hours, I will probably forget. So at least if it kicks in a little earlier, I will, I, I'm less apt to forget. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I'm always fascinated by, you know, people's first experiences, sometimes, you know, it's 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 like when you're really young and you're like behind a building trying something like for me, it was like, you know, smoking a joint in the woods and going, I'm not high at all. 
to yeah, like, yeah. you know, and it's, it, as we get older, it's like there are, when we're younger, it's just like, oh, let's try it. Let's do it. That's exciting. And then as we get older, we have like more expectations or thoughts or fears or, or whatever. It seems like we, well, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself. I think about yeah, things no, way too much right. now. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. I, I think we are a lot braver when we're younger because we don't have any experiences to really like, you know, to, to know from or to learn from. Um, but yeah, I, I would, you know, what? I think that was one thing that I just never even thought about was just like accidentally being crossfaded. It was not something I considered. Um, and I didn't have the, like, I, it was almost like kid life because I didn't have the previous cannabis experiences to like alert me of, you know, my red flags didn't go off, no triggers, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I live in, in Northern California. I'm in Oakland in the Bay. And, and I when I used to work in the dispensary, I was in San Francisco. So we would get a lot of tourists and people would be like, mm -hmm. it's our first time using cannabis or they had used it in the past, but they were from a state that doesn't sell. So like, oh, we're going to get that. And then we're going to go up to Napa. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. All right, let's yeah, talk about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. And thank goodness for people like you, like listening to those clues and helping, helping us newbies out. <laughs> oh, crossfading can be no bueno. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I, we did it again. Like I did it again on, we, on accident. Right. But I think this, like we had uh, gone to Arizona just recently for um, a birthday and it was like my mom, my aunt, my grandma, my sisters, we are just having us a good old time girls trip. Same thing. Somebody in our group took an edible, completely forgot they took the edible. We forgot they took the edible. We're out for brunch, mimosas. I mean, we're just having us a good old time until that person in the group was like, uh oh, oh my God, I got to throw up. And we're like, what's happening? Like, we just had breakfast. It's great. Oh. Yeah, that was, it was, it was, we forgot, we forgot, she forgot, everybody forgot. <laughs> oh, that's, so, I mean, it is possible to combine it, but I always tell people, wait till you, well, first of all, remember that you had your edible. <laughs> yes. But then wait till yes. you feel the and full effects. That's what I was going to say. Wait until the full effects come in for sure. I definitely would not recommend it to people who are like new to cannabis or even new to drinking, new to either of the two. Yeah. Um, but certainly if you are not like experienced enough to know like how edibles affect you, timeline, how it affects you after you've eaten, like all those things come matter. They all come into play. Oh, absolutely. And when I was looking at your bio before we spoke, I noticed that you've worked with national, multinational Fortune 500 companies like Comcast, Chick-fil-A, Deloitte and Touche. I, I worked for Arthur Anderson pre-Enron. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I did. It used to be a really nice thing on my resume. It was like, oh, impressive. <laughs> and then afterwards, then it was like, took it off. did they do it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't like working there. <laughs> That's all yeah, I know. Right. But uh, oh my gosh, Deloitte was a much friendlier place. Um, in the in the big uh, accounting firms. That's what everybody always wanted to leave Anderson and go work for Deloitte. Yeah, I actually, my husband is in accounting. So when I got that job, uh, when I started working for Deloitte, it was fresh out of college. It was my first, um, yeah, it was really like my first job right out of college as an administrative assistant. And uh, my husband is a double major. He's like accounting and like business administration. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got the job, he goes, I said, you will never, because of course, all he talked about in college was like working for one of the big four. Yeah. And so um, I was like, I have an interview with Deloitte. And he was like, you're kidding. Like, <laughs> I was like, yes, for an administrative assistant position. Did you know they hired those? Like they have more than accounting. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was actually where I gained my administrative assistant experience. Um, and I, I love the role. Like I love that job. I loved everything about being, you know, the go-to person for the office. It was a huge project um, that they were doing in, in Tallahassee in Florida. And um, it was actually on the technology side, not accounting, but I had an opportunity to, support their entire team of both their client side and uh, their consultants. And so 
it was my first time sinking my teeth into administrative support work. And I did that in corporate for, um, I think about 12 years. I was uh, an executive assistant. And then I've, I've kept climbing the ladder um, all the way up to supporting the CEO, um, supporting um, the board of directors for the investment firm that owned the company that I was working with, supporting VPs and HR. And so um, I got a vast amount of experience during my career time working with a lot of different industries, as well as a lot of different like departments within the company. So human resources. Um, including recruiting and talent acquisition. So when I came out of administrative support work, I went into uh, being a recruiter and I did that for about three years. Um, but simultaneously, when I left corporate America supporting that CEO, I um, started freelancing as, as a virtual assistant. And that was kind of where I start to get, get my um, small business ownership experience. That's that's awesome. And you, I mean, all the things that you did, that skill set that you have then, but Deloitte is like <clears throat> trial by fire as far as EA work. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It was definitely trial by fire. I remember we had a partner uh, on our project who would take everyone out for drinks in the evening. And you know how corporate America is. Like, you got to go because the partner invited you. You can't say no. It's like career suicide. Mm -hmm. um, and so he would invite everyone out for drinks in the middle of the week. And like, and if you wanted to go home early, it was like not a thing. You're kind of like side-eyeing each other. Like, is it time? Should we make the move? If you're going to the bathroom, like we got to go to sleep. And then he would expect you to be in the office at 8 a.m. sharp. And he would walk around because obviously he would be in the office at 745. And he would walk around to all the cubicles and see if people were at their desk by 8 a.m. I mean, it was a hazing that was going on. Oh, there. oh man. Yeah, see, that's, that's the stuff that I don't miss. I, I don't miss it. <laughs> nope. I, I don't miss it. No, I used to be an EA and then I went into ops management. And when I worked in, mm -hmm. I worked for Anderson, but then I went to work for a smaller consulting firm where I, I managed the operations for that office. And my job every Friday was to take all those consultants because they usually everyone came back to the office from, from wherever they were working on Fridays and I'd have to take them out mm -hmm. for drinks. And at first that was fun. And then that was the bane yeah. of my existence. <laughs> You're babysitting. That's why. <laughs> That's it. It's like a bunch of drink consultants and they're like, let's go to Vegas. Yeah. I'm like, You're on uh -huh. your own. <laughs> uh -huh. It's amazing what like administrative support, I mean, you were in operations, but like even, you know, administrative support positions, I always say like they're the foundation of every company, which is why like when I started freelancing and organically grew into an agency, that became my thing was like administrative support can increase your business's bottom line. Like at the end of the day, if you as a business owner can focus on your high dollar, like high value activity that only you can do and you can, um, you know, delegate all the other administrative support work to someone else on your team. Like you can grow your business so much bigger and better um, and so much faster because you're not stuck down in the weeds doing those things. And it's not any different than, than corporate America, like the administrative support professionals, honestly, they're the ones who keep the businesses moving forward. You know what I mean? Like they take off, so like a thousand little things that people never think about that weigh you down, you know, that you have to stop what you're doing to do. Like they take all that off of your plate. And so I say they're the foundation of like every company, every business administrative support professionals are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the gatekeepers. And they are the gatekeepers. Yes. I tell people this all the time. Like if you're trying to get into a company, I mean, Administrative support professionals are like your vendor managers. So, you know, that's just one of the things that they do. So imagine you as a business owner trying to gain business from like corporate offices. Like I always say, you got to target the EAs, like the executive assistants and the administrative assistants run everything. They're the ones who are going to put in front of their accounting person, like, hey, we need to use this vendor for this. Like they are the ones who are doing it. So take them to lunch. Like don't be trying to get to the CEO. <laughs> They're not the... 
They don't know. They don't know who mops the floor at night. Like, you know what I mean? They don't know those things. That's it. So um, I always say, like, shoot for them. Send them the Christmas gifts. I mean, not that CEOs are not important, but you catch my drift. I, I do. I totally get it because that's... I early on before I I was doing office management I I supported a president of a company <laughs> I worked for Hooked on Phonics and um it was always wow that's awesome <laughs> well you know I always knew when a person was smart when they would send me the gift <laughs> I was like <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right I'll that's make that exactly happen right. and and I'll share these chocolates with my boss but um yeah <laughs> you know <for> sure. <laughs> And well, yeah, he's going to get these right away. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was, I, I think, one of the, when I was in college, one of the best takeaways that I had from, um, you know, the head of, I, I, was a, I was a theater major, so the head of the theater department, I worked for him for mm-hmm. many years in the box office. And he always, the biggest thing that he told me was, always, always respect the gatekeeper. That's who gets you where you want to go that's they'll make or break you if they don't like you you will never get through never that is so so true Mm -hmm. that is so true I don't I don't understand sometimes when people like and and maybe it's just you know it's like people get caught up in the hierarchy and they don't they think they know how it works (laughs) they think Mm -hmm. they know Mm -hmm. how it works (laughs) but then you know it's like come on get with the program if you really want something to happen but also when we're looking at okay so when we're looking at cannabis 10 years ago well gosh I'm on 11 now when I started we were all over the place and there wasn't a lot of space for administrative support because everybody was bootstrapping on their own also back then people weren't as trusting because of the nature of the business and we were in this gray area. So you had to have, it it was a business built on trust. Like you had your team um, and it was really Mm -hmm. hard to kind of get your space and to be, I guess, you know, trusted in the work you had to, to put in the time. And now when we're changing, our model has changed and it's become, we're less wild west, although not altogether done with that. But we are, you know, we're starting to see these models that are more familiar to people like you and me, who've worked in office environments and we're like, okay, everything's kind of setting up their departments. People mm-hmm. are doing the work, but now, you know, we know that administrative assistance is essential, but then, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm assuming that you had seen this in, in office life just in general before, but when people aren't used to having executive assistance, they almost have to be taught how to, utilize this help as best possible and almost you almost are prying projects and responsibilities out of their hands and, and what do you what yes. have you noticed with that <laughs> so I'd like to say just a couple of things about you know what you said one of the things in my opinion that makes uh, the cannabis industry so unique but also so um, it's such fertile ground for administrative support and that is, it is kind of all over the place. It's just, you're exactly, you're like spot on. And I would say the more things change, the more they stay the same. What I have found that is that as legalization continues to spread, cannabis business owners are becoming busier, especially if they have been in this industry for quite some time. Um, the one thing about the cannabis or cannabis industry entrepreneurs is that they all kind of have their hand in a little bit of everything. I've never met a business owner in this industry or even a a professional. Like if you're a cannabis industry professional, I've never met someone that's like just working on one thing. If I, if I have, I'm sorry, I may have missed that detail, but generally they're either like working on their business or they're building another business or they're doing speaking engagements or they're a part of some nonprofit or they have some activism work that they are doing just as an individual or activism work with an association. I mean, there are just so many variations of the type of work that needs to be done in this industry. And so um, that is kind of how, you know, we have organically grown into an agency is because the more that we continue to, to talk to people, show people, or we've even been referred by, by clients, 
the more we've done that, the more we see, like, it keeps growing more and more. Not not our business. Yes, our business is growing. But it is also the work. Like, the work of cannabis industry business owners and professionals continues to grow and grow and grow. And so um, I think that – oh, go ahead. I'm oh, no, sorry. no. I, I, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, I just, I just think that's like, that is the beauty of working in this industry for us as, a, as prof- administrative support professionals is that the work for us is so dynamic. And that's the difference of like working in, you know, corporate America versus working in this industry. Although sometimes I feel like parts of this industry can feel like corporate America, but there are so many parts of it that are not. Um, and, and coming in contact with those owners who are bootstrapping and helping them to understand like, hey, you can get some help and you can get some relief. Here is how we help you. And we have those conversations during our discovery calls. We like to get on the phone with potential clients and identify what all is on their plate. And we also can pick up on the things that are on their plate that they're not saying. We're like, well, what about this? Who's handling that? And what are your revenue streams and who's managing that and how big is your team and who's managing that and who's managing those projects. So um, we get to have a conversation with them to see like what things are easily identifiable that they want to delegate, but also what things are they not saying that they want to delegate. And then lastly, I would just say, you know, the additional beauty about our can assistance team is just having to having worked in this industry for so long with people who have never had an assistant before we have just some questions and just general ways to kind of feel out the potential clients and like different exercises that we go through on our end to help delegation become a lot easier with our clients. So usually it's like high touch communication at the front end of the relationship because you're completely right. Like people need to build that trust and they have to have a rapport with you before they can like, partner with you on their most prized possession and that being their business. Yeah. And I, do you find that once people start working with assistants, they wonder how they ever did it alone? Absolutely. I, um, you know, one of the things that we stress to, <laughs> we, uh, that I stress to our team at Can Assistance is I say, listen, you got to have boundaries because um, a lot of business owners in this industry, like we work odd hours, right? So we might be working at two o'clock in the morning or, you know, we just work very odd hours. We work on Sundays. Some of us work on Saturdays, you know? So I always say like, you got to have boundaries because one thing is going to happen. Your client is going to fall in love with having an assistant and then they're going to want to call you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They just become like, you're absolutely right. They're like, how did I do this so long without an assistant? But then it's like the delegation almost becomes like overboard because it's like, oh, it's three o'clock in the morning. I should email my assistant and like ask them something. You know what I mean? So um, not only do I find that they're like, how in the world did did I do this without them? But they're also like, how can I have you forever at all times of the day and night? So, I mean, it's, it's great. We love it. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's a great experience to have, but it is something that we also try and practice (laughs) boundaries. Oh, absolutely. Well, you have to, I mean, that's, and and that's in some ways, I think it's, it's a big responsibility for somebody in a, one of the, one of the responsibilities is like managing up, being able to manage the expectations and make sure that a person's Uh happy. Right. Uh When you're, when we're looking at this, you know, because what do you think is the advantage of do, having a virtual assistant rather than having somebody at the same place in real time? So the advantages um, of having a virtual assistant are one, there is low cost of overhead. Um, and this may seem like a, a moot point because now everyone has gone virtual, it feels like. Um, but there is that initial overhead of onboarding, um, you know, an employee. So let me just back up a little bit. A virtual assistants are generally freelancers, which means that they are business owners in their own right. So there's that initial empathy that just comes along with a fellow business owner supporting another business owner. I would also say um, as a virtual assistant and, and not having them kind of in-house or in your office, 
you do save that cost of having an employee sitting. So whatever that means, desk, laptop, software that you have to purchase. Again, many VAs are freelancers, so they come with their own equipment, their own tools, their own practices. Um, and they, you know, work with their clients. We work with our clients to figure out how exactly do our tools integrate with your tools or do we need to adopt tools that you're already using? And so that would, I would say, would be the third thing is understanding that virtual assistants also come with their own knowledge and skills and things that they don't know or don't have. They will train themselves as in our model. Um, we, I train them, our C, COO may train them, but um, there is that training and enrichment aside from general onboarding, right? There is some training that comes into play when we have new clients, understanding their likes and dislikes, understanding, you know, how they go about doing things on their team. But we're also fully prepared to bring in new processes to look at it, you know, from our view, from our lens and contribute to the team ways that things can be more efficient or how we can help improve the way in which a team, you know, may communicate, for example. So um, that would be, I would say it would be the other thing is like not really having to train someone to be your assistant. You already have someone who is used to doing administrative support work. They understand the pace and the language of this industry. So that would be specific to can assistance. But then I would also say you're just coming um, with someone who is like, this is their career. This is their profession. So they're fully equipped to, to help you as they need to. Do you, do you find that there's some matchmaking with personalities as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say definitely. We have had a lot of success with um, our team and the clients that we have had, but we have had to do some switcheroos. And so that's one of the things that I do kind of tell clients during our discovery call is, hey, here's the scenario. Here's how we do things. If you don't like the assistant that we have assigned to you, we have other assistants on our team. So um, we do find that some personalities just work better with others. We had a client who um, they were just not very, what's the word? Like they were, they were the type of client that was like, you know, I just basically need you to run it. <laughs> so it was like, it was like over, it was like over delegation and like too soon delegation. It's like, yes, we know that you need your assistant to run it, but you got to tell the assistant what to run. Like it was like that. Um, and so that's great because you have the autonomy of like, of, of working, you know, by yourself um, and not having a micromanager. But the assistant that was assigned to that person was like, no, I want to work. I want to be super busy all the time. And so I'm like, okay, great. So that's kind of where like more like a working style wasn't a good match. Mm -hmm. um, and we matched that client with another assistant and we matched that assistant with a separate client and like, they love it. Like everybody is great. And so um, another thing we also do is match skill sets. So, you know, while you have an a client and you have an assistant that is assigned to you as your primary assistant, they are the ones that partner with you. Um, we also have other assistants on our team who like they may love social media or they may love doing things like newsletters that more creative stuff. We have assistants who love data entry. I hate social media, as I was telling you before. <laughs> I also hate data entry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really, like, when, it, you know, if I'm talking to a client and they're like, yes, I need this, 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 and I would, like, love to have someone who do social media, if I can get, if, like, social media is, like, 25% and 75% is all these other things, I may be able to match them with an assistant on our team who's strong in the 75%. But again, we have other assistants on our team who are strong in that 25% of social media. So we tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, can you help with this project? Can you, you know, devote time over here to this client? You know, and that primary assistant is still the lead, but they're able to now like work with another assistant on our team to, to get what needs to be done for that client. So it's, it's a diversity of skill set um, as well as personalities. And we try and do a great job of matching the two. That's awesome. I, when you were talking about the data entry, I was just thinking I, I used to work with a person who spreadsheets soothed her soul. And I was like, you sick woman. Oh, <laughs> I, read, I read a headline that was like, 
people who love black coffee and red wine are like have personality traits of psychopaths. And I was like, first of all, that's me. So no. And second of all, people who love spreadsheets, where are they in this psychopath personality trait? Like, (laughs) I don't understand this. The love of massaging data. That is like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know. So not my thing either. Well, we are talking about different tasks that virtual assistants can do. I mean, I don't think people really consider all the different things that they can do in the huge pool of talent that you have to work with. So what are some of the ideas that that people can can think about getting support in? Yeah, so I would say um, it can be anywhere from calendar management. You know, you have all these calls and requests coming in and you just can't fit it all in your schedule, right? So you need a gatekeeper to help you manage your time and your calendar, um, as well as things like your travel arrangements, speaking engagements, various opportunities that are coming at you, who's completing your registration for those conferences that you have to speak at and who's booking your hotel. So there are things like that. Um, there is also project management, right? So you have a team of a variety of people, but no one is helping you like corral all these people together and move them in the right direction, making sure that a lot of the action items um, that you all have to get done in order to reach your goals are actually getting done. So having someone to follow up with your team members, making sure those projects are moving along is where that project management support comes in. Um, and then I would say other things, just um, general administrative work, licensing support. Um, I know a lot of MSOs are getting licenses in a lot of different areas. You're trying to keep track of all of your inspections and licenses and insurances that you need. And do you have a payroll company and who is managing that vendor? So this is where that administrative support really comes into play when you, as I was talking about before, as a cannabis business owner or professional, have a lot of different things going on. Oh, and when you're mentioning payroll, so for somebody who might be a solo entrepreneur who needs extra help, now, if you're working with a virtual assistant, you don't have to deal with all of that. That's handled by you, correct? So it kind of depends, right? So I do like to say that we, you know, our assistants are very talented, but we do have lines that we don't cross. But again, it just kind of depends. Like we had a client before who um, they used an HR system. And so really like the, our, our virtual assistant just had to like go in, confirm the number matched on their payroll number and just click a button. Something as easy as that. Yes. Now, if you are a business owner and you're struggling with, like, actually performing payroll, we would more so hire or recommend, like, a payroll company. But your VA would then come in, research those companies, present, you know, costs to you because, you know, obviously payroll is not our specialty. Mm -hmm. And I personally don't like to play with people's money. So that's where we can kind of help support you in finding the proper vendor that's a good fit for your company. Okay. But now if you're looking at from an operation standpoint and say it's just you and you're looking for a virtual assistant, your company though would handle all of the the payroll th- things around that assistant though, correct? It would be more like oh, a yes, vendor? That is absolutely correct. So you would basically hire our, you would hire can assistant. Um, to hire, like to have your assistant, right? So you come to us, you say, hey, I need an assistant and we invoice you accordingly. Um, but yes, you, our, our team will pay your assistant, but you will pay us, yes. And then for those out there that are listening to this and thinking, oh, I could have used one yesterday, but I'm worried, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm worried about cost. I know one of the things that you've talked about is that it's actually an investment in increasing your bottom line, getting this kind of help. If we could talk a little bit about that. And also, and I know that it's good, the range will vary depending on, you know, people's expertise. But what are we looking at for, you know, an investment in having a virtual assistant? Yeah, so the first thing I'd like to say is one, whenever you contact can assistant see it on our website, Instagram, however you find us. Um, The first thing I'm going to say is let's have a discovery call because my goal is to get to know you, your business, and what your administrative support needs are. 
Then from that conversation, we send you a customized proposal. So you're exactly right. If there is a range and it really does depend on what your, what your needs are. Um, but we're also going to talk through solutions like, okay, do we need to come in and, you know, initiate a project management platform for you and your team? If you're a solopreneur, are we just doing travel and calendar management for you? Or are you looking to build a team? So now you're going to need, you know, maybe some type of like recruiting support or something like that. Um, so it really does kind of depend, but anywhere from 30 to, I would say, $50 an hour is going to get you a solid um, assistant. Now that range again goes from, is this, you know, just some small entry level type of work that I need done or do I need someone I already have like a, a kind of a robust medium sized business. So I need someone that's going to help me with everything from executive assistant work to project management support. And that's where you start to see um, those upwards like $50 uh, an hour kind of deal. But we also work on a retainer. So this is, I think, is super important to emphasize because you pay for a set number of hours. Um, and as your assistants, we work those hours. It's important because it helps the, the business owner to control costs, one, so you know how much you're going to pay for your assistant every month, right? So that helps with budgeting. Um, but also work ebbs and flows. So it creates consistency for both you and the virtual assistant. Um, you know, if your hours, let's say you have a 40-hour retainer and you, you know, your assistant works 35 hours this month, but next month is a super heavy month and you know you're going to have a ton of deadlines, that those extra hours roll over. So that is where that like ebb and flow and retainer really, really benefits the client. When you're looking at the average amount of hours that your clients are using virtual assistants for, what would you, is there a range or what would you say that it is? I would have to say the average is probably about 60 hours per month. Um, again, it kind of just depends on what, what we're doing for the client, but I would say somewhere around 60 hours per month. And what if there's just people just totally click and they're like, that's it. I want you on my team permanently. Does that, do you have conversations like that sometimes? We do have conversations like that sometimes. And, um, I am of the opinion, you know, as CEO of Can Assistant, my goal is to bring clients to a place of peace in their business when it comes to administrative work. Um, but my goal is also to have experienced virtual assistants on our team who are passionate about the work that they do, who want to be, they, they want to work in the cannabis industry. So they also have a passion for this industry. And my goal is to never hold on to a client and to never hold on to an assistant, right? Because who am I to hold up somebody's future? So those conversations are had. They are celebration moments for us because, one, it means that, you know, the client and the assistant was a great fit. Um, but it's also a celebration moment for us because it means that this business is growing so much so fast that, you know, they don't want to break the seams of their, their administrative, you know, flow that they have going. And, you know, obviously we don't want to stand in the way of that either. So if we can bring an opportunity to both a client and an, an assistant, it's, it's a celebratory moment for us. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's that whole matchmaking thing, right? Um, when people, yes. <laughs> when people are thinking about, they might need a, a virtual assistant and they're thinking about reaching out to you, what are some things that they should consider when they're putting together their wish list and really trying to encapsulate where they're starting? I know that you're really great about having the discovery calls and really digging deep, but what are some mm -hmm. things that they should be thinking about before they talk to you even? What do you want to get off of your plate yesteryear? <laughs> I would say <laughs> would be like, the first and most glaring thing, like what is on your plate and what is on your plate? Honestly, if you're being completely honest, what is on your plate that someone else can do? And so I would say two things. One, what's on your plate that you want to get off of your plate? That might not always be something that your virtual assistant can do, but your virtual assistant can certainly help you find someone if it is outside of our scope of work. And then what is on your plate that 
you know, someone else can do or what things are on your plate that only you can do. And those are things that you hold on to. If you walk away from that saying nothing, I have to do absolutely everything. I would say you definitely need to schedule a call with me because I need to talk to you before I talk to other people who are ready to delegate. Um, Because you're going to need a little bit more time to get used to delegating things to other people. So, um, yeah, I would say just think that's really the most important thing is like understanding what you want to get off of your plate immediately. Because at the end of the day, you're going into this analysis paralysis, right? What things can I do? What things can I do? It's easier for you to give everything to your assistant and their experience enough to say, okay, no, these are things that only you can do. So I'm giving that back to you. But that is where that true partnership comes into play with your virtual assistant. I love that. Um, There was one other question I was going to ask you. What was it? I was like listening to you and then I was like, I'm I'm having this, I'm, I'm in the midst of, of, listening and trying very hard not to ever think about my next question and just stay in the flow. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 <laughs> you're think, great. I have more concise, more concise answers. <laughs> uh-uh, no, you're perfect just the way you are because you're, coming, you're <laughs> giving you. such great answers. And it's like, there's just so much to cover with this because it is such a, people need help with it. They get a little bit intimidated sometimes by either the expense or more so just like, feeling like they're giving up control on things. And I think that that can be a barrier, which like, as you had said before, you take it off your plate, you can actually concentrate on other things or, or God forbid, get your life back. Yeah. And I would also say, you know, think about it less like a delegation and more of a partnership. You know, we have a lot of practices, like one of them is every client has to meet with their assistant for at least an hour once per week. That's awesome. Um, and it, it seems like, um, you know, in the grand scheme of how many hours you have in a week, it seems like it's not a big deal, but people are so busy. But the only way to make the relationship work and to build the partnership is to be constantly in tune with your assistant and for your assistant to constantly be in tune with what's going on with you. Dare I even go further to say personally. So one of the things that I like to say is, you know, if we understand that you have a crazy schedule, but you want to start getting more involved in your kids' lives, like we need to understand those elements because we need to make sure we're not scheduling calls past 3.30 because you need to be at your kids' soccer game by 4.30. You know what I mean? So there are like so many elements to the partnership that are so important. And so that's why that weekly call is really, really important. More than anything, we want clients to see the success of having this partnership instantaneously. And I stress the word partnership because we are not task-based assistants. If I get on the phone with a client and they're saying to me like, yeah, I just want to give them a list of things to do every week, you are not the client for us. We do not do task-based work at all. You can't just send a list of things and never talk to your assistant and send me the money and think that it's okay. It's not going to be okay. Um, so that's another thing that I have to stress is that it is really a true partnership because that's the only way that you're going to see the benefits of the relationship. I love that. That's, that's, that's the key for any sort of relationship and administration because well, you and I both have worked for lots of people. <laughs> and I've worked for those list people and I'm like, wow, you, you don't, you don't, you don't see us <laughs> at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, especially, you know, to, to my solopreneurs out there, at the end of the day, this is your team. Like, this is your team member. This is your staff. You know, this is the person that is, it's, it's like you and this other person running this business, right? So you want to make sure that they are in tune with it as much as possible. But eventually to, to every potential client that is listening right now, um, you want this person to be able to operate in your stead. So whatever it takes to get them up to speed, having them shadow you on calls to understand how you make decisions, talking through things, you'd be amazed at like how clients have started to rely on their assistance. I've done it before with clients 
now like we're calling the state offices for licenses on the behalf of the CEO. You know, we're the ones that are, you know, talk like meeting the inspector for inspections to get licensing. Like these, I mean, your assistant can really help you make some really, really large moves on behalf of you while you're going to meet with a potential client who could potentially give you like, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars or something. Right. So you, you start to see how you can be in multiple places at once and get a lot of things done. Yeah. What is the, the most popular project that people want their assistants to work on? Um, I would say that's a great question. Hmm. I would probably say project management is huge. Um, just because, as I was saying before, cannabis industry professionals and, and entrepreneurs are really busy working on multiple things at once. You never know which one of these like things in the industry is gonna you're gonna strike gold. Like you know, everybody has their hand in something. Um, so I would say probably project management support, which entails like a lot of high touch communications with vendors, potential clients, investors. Um, and depending on who you're supporting, um, media and press, um, government officials, it just kind of depends. So I would say project management or, or some type of project coordination is probably like the biggest request that we have. And for those who who are really curious about doing this and maybe want to, but are afraid to relinquish a little bit of control, but also are wanting to see how it affects uh, their ROI and just the big picture. What would you say is a good number of hours to start with if somebody's just a little bit nervous and wants to dip their toe in the pool? So I would probably recommend um, about 10 hours a week um, as just like an entry point. I would say any less than that, you're going to be focused more on like just giving out little pieces of things instead of like the whole kit and caboodle, right? So I'd rather you give an assistant, you know, a whole, a whole something of a project than to like piece them out. Well, can you send this email and then I'll do this part? Um, because you don't really get to see the fruit of it. Like if your hand is also in 10 other things that they are also working on. Yeah. So I would say probably 10 hours a week, but I would also say that every new client who comes on with can assistance has to, you have to work with us for at least 90 days because it takes about that long to get a good flow of your weekly meetings, get a good flow of your working styles, get a good flow of um, your assistant and what they need from you and what you need to give to your assistant or what you need from your assistant. So it takes a good rhythm, takes about 90 days, I would say. Okay. And then how do you feel about us, uh, say somebody is working on a project with a coalition of other people and has a definite start and end date. Do you have assistants that work on singular projects that, and I know you mentioned that 90 days is, is the optimal amount of time for people to get to know each other and get geared up on projects. But do you have ever, do you ever work with anybody that says, you know, I have a project that's going to last five months. I need somebody for this with this skill set from this date to this date. Is that something that's viable? Yes, that is something that is viable. Um, we have done that before with clients. Again, still, yes, to your point, like still maintaining the 90 days. But yes, it's, it's, it's something like five months, six months, shorter term projects or knowing that there is an end of site. Yes, we do work with those shorter term projects as well. And for your company, what do you see in the future? And what are you, what are you excited about with your company? And what are you excited about with the industry in general? Oh, man, I am excited about um, just the CAN assistance team overall. We have a very diverse group of people on our team, and I'm hoping currently all of our virtual assistants are U.S.-based, and I'm hoping to expand it to have um, some international assistance as well, which brings me to what makes me most excited about, about the industry. And I would say legalization, like easiest thing to say is legalization. But I'm also excited to see this legalization that is happening overseas. And so the more we see that, the more we will see 
clients, um, the more we'll see entrepreneurs coming into this space and the more we'll see entrepreneurs who need administrative support. And so I'm excited that as the industry grows and expands and becomes international, we will also grow and expand and become international. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we, we all need a lot of help. We need really engaged professionals assisting us and partnering with us on projects. I know it's, if I didn't have my assistant, I'd be lost. And it was hard because especially when you come from a space where you're used to supporting other people and handling everything, mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard to relinquish stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm no. Sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think people like don't know the beauty of having an administrative support person on your team. Like you just don't know it until you have it. So at the very least, I would say for anyone who's hesitant or like, I would say collect some coins, put them to the side and let that just be your like trial money <laughs> to just try it out and see. Like there are so many people in the industry who walk around saying like, oh, I have an assistant, I have an assistant. It's not a luxury. It really is a necessity. Um, it really is. And it's so important for business growth because as much as we think that we are all like very powerful people, you can't do all the things. No. So that's yeah. just my little two cents. Yeah, I agree. I um I'm very my my uh the person who assists me is my is my partner and she and I sit down and talk about everything that's gonna go on in the week. What I what I yeah. need her help with, she'll point out things and she'll be like, What when are you gonna get all that done? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's probably also looking at you like, and I'm not doing all of this. <laughs> exactly. You can't give this to me last minute. <laughs> right. You know what? And you just that's a great great example as to why you have that weekly call with your assistant. I even encourage like if you can do more than than weekly. Like if you're that busy, do more than weekly. But yes, trying to give it all to your assistant at the last minute and then you want stellar outcomes, I bet. <laughs> that's not realistic and it's it's a really if you can be mindful about it it's a really good exercise in getting a person organized and looking ahead because we can be yep. just so in the moment and it's almost like triage and that's not that's that's not a life-giving way to conduct business yep that is so true that's so true and you do yourself a disservice honestly at the end of the day so yes but there's this is where like our assistants come in and they help they help you to delegate and they know what poking and and you know prying questions to ask to make to see we can do everything on our end to make sure something does not come in at the last minute that that is a wonderful thing for me i the, <laughs> what got me into actually planning ahead was the fact that i just didn't want to put somebody out who was helping me out <laughs> I, we we all appreciate that consideration. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been on both sides of that, so I really, yeah. really understand. Uh -huh. And for people who are interested in reaching out to you, following you on social media, how would they go about doing that? So you can go to our website, canassistance.com. That's C-A-N-N, -N, assistance with an S, dot com. Or you can um, follow us on LinkedIn. I am on Instagram and I am Tajana uh, and I talk about all things can assistance on there. Um, or you can just email me Tajana at canassistance.com and I will be happy to answer. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we talked about this today. It's something that, you know, we, you, you see people on social media putting out frantic calls for help or who they should reach out to. Well, everybody, mm -hmm. here's your answer. <laughs> yes. Deshaun yes. is here to make your and, dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm so happy to hear that you're a former administrative support professional. That just warms my heart so much. I feel like you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and so I appreciate that. I appreciate you appreciating our work. Oh, it's it's so invaluable and you know, f for people who haven't worked in it, they don't understand everything that goes into it and how many hats a person has to wear. And, and honestly, like, 
just how important, like when you were talking about partnering, it is to have a good relationship with the person that you're partnering with on these projects, because it is such a, it's a very intimate relationship in many ways. You're, you're depending, mm-hmm. you know, your team and you're, you're depending on each other to have things going. I've worked for, I've worked for great people that I've supported that I would go through rings of fire for <laughs> and the opposite. Yes. Same. <laughs> same yes that is so true I mean that goes into a whole nother like I would be happy to continue the conversation at some other time but that goes all into like hiring and employee culture it's a whole nother situation but yes you are exactly right (laughs) that one that would be a good conversation to have like an edible or a glass of wine and really get real (laughs) for sure (laughs) for sure (laughs) <laughs> the executive that we have supported in the past. So let's talk about it. <laughs> exactly. That could be that that could be a um a forum. <laughs> Man, a I can't forum. wait to tell you how I almost lost my job one time because I ordered pepperoni pizza instead of cheese pizza. I mean, it really we could really talk about some stuff, Sarah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I I I know that or the or the time like uh, I had somebody who my my executive director, the CEO, was like, nobody flies first class. And I worked for a vice president <laughs> that only flew first class. <laughs> See? <laughs> yep. It's like, I'm just going to hide under the desk, okay? <laughs> right. While y'all fight it out. Yes. That's exactly right. I I mean, I got some stories. I did an expense report one time for like a, a director in one of the companies I was working with. And this man was like playing golf and having lunch all on like the company card. And I'm doing the expense report. And I'm like, I didn't know that was a personal golf trip. I thought he was taking a client out. I didn't know. <laughs> Getting tangled up in so many things. I I think that if people like that need to like sit down and actually go through an orientation on what they can and can't do with the people Seriously. that work for them. <laughs> <laughs> I still Seriously. have dreams. Oh my god! I mean, but then again, I, I, you know, you have these people that you work with, and like one of my old bosses from like two thousand and one. We're still friends on LinkedIn, and every so often, you know, we haven't worked together in years, but we, you know, mm-hmm. we catch up, and it's like, it's nice. It's nice to to have those relationships from certain times in your life, and what you learned from them, and what they learned from you. And then you have those other people that you're like, Oh, I hope I never run into you in target. I really don't. <laughs> you also learn though, what not to do to people. I would say you still learn something from them. Yeah. It's just the opposite of what they thought that you would learn. Um, I had an executive who prided himself on the fact that he like would make people like specific people in our office who were conditioned to this. He would like make them break out in hives. That's how nervous they were to be around him. And I'm like, who's happy about that? I don't, wh- why are you excited about this? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm telling you, like, these are the things that assistants, you know, go through that people just don't think about. Mm, yeah, they don't. They don't. And, and the fact that, you know, we, we have to, we have to look at the fact that the roles are what people do. They're not the people themselves. We are, we are absolutely we're human beings that when we we leave the office we have our other lives and and feelings and we do think about the crappy things that you say and do <laughs> <laughs> well that is that's that's how I ended up freelancing wanted to get out of a corporate game um you know I wanted my work to speak for me I didn't want to have to wait until annual raises and bonuses or when someone thought I did a good job to like pay me more money or give me more credit for the work that I was doing. And I didn't want to be stuck in an office. So I got out of there and started freelancing. And now we get to hand select our clients. And that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. We get to pick our clients. We get to say we want to work in this great industry. And we get to do everything um, from an administrative support perspective perspective we get to do everything to push this industry forward from that from that angle so we're excited about that and we love 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 the work that we do that's wonderful and there are there are just so many awesome people in this industry that can really really use the help so i'm i'm really looking forward to to seeing everything grow and for continuing the conversations with you on what's going on with 
employment and projects and, you know, just all the wonderful things that your company does to support other people's success and ROI. So thank you so much for being on your day. And it was, it was just a delight talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And for those of you out there listening to Planted, remember, we are two times a month. You can follow us on social media. We are Planted with Sarah on both IG and Twitter. We are Planted with Sarah Pion on Facebook. Our home network is Radio Misfits Network, where you can listen to all sorts of amazing podcasts, whether you like wine comedy what have you radio misfits is there with wonderful programming if you like our podcast leave a review tell other people about it and our website is www.plantedwithsarah.com thank you for joining us today i'm looking forward to our future episodes as well remember if you need help tajana's there with all the goods to help you with that And until next time, stay safe. And it's a crazy world out there. So be good to each other. Until next time, take care and stay curious, everyone.